Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! And a good football Friday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in bright and early with the Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen, Jordan McDonald. Yeah, we're getting ready for another Eagles showdown. Not till Monday. We'll be here on again Monday, right before the game. Uh, but uh, plenty to talk about because Birds actually got back to work, out of practice. Johnny Mac's got info for us. Uh, J Mac, after you made it over to South Philly yesterday. A uh, little conversation with a couple of key Eagles, a little practice. For me, most important, and we'll get into A.J. Brown and his whole spin on why he didn't talk to you guys for upwards of a week. But first things first, <laughs> healthy Eagles, guys back out on the practice squad. We know Avante Maddox is done for the season, but other than that, Eagles look like they'll be uh, up to speed come Monday in Tampa. Yeah, it looks that way. Big injury report, so I think people got a little bit scared. But uh, Reed Blankenship talked to him. Kenny Gainwell talked to him. They're going to be ready to go. Uh, Fletcher's obviously going to play. Jordan Davis is is good. All these guys were on it. Devontae uh, spoke yesterday. He's fine. So the vast majority saw Josh Sweat as well with the toe injury. The vast majority of these guys are going to play. Um, Boston Scott still in the concussion protocol. Quez Watkins did not practice with his hamstring. So they, they might be the most questionable. You, you get the extra day though. And, and Boston was out there watching. So, you know, there's steps to that thing that even if you feel right, you can't necessarily practice. So I think the, the, the extra day is going to help him, um, 
the one guy I would be concerned about is is Quez because um, you know hamstring fast guy those things tend to linger and you want to be cautious with them. Um, Terrell Edmonds, I should mention, he was he was sick, so I expect him to be fine as well. So long list, but uh, only real concern probably is is Quez and. Um, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, and we're not talking about injured reserve. Obviously, Abante's on IR, so he's not on the injury list. That's probably the biggest injury you have to worry about uh, because of what they're going to do to replace him. Which, by the way, Abante's IR uh, entire season, right? Not uh, you got to designate short term or long term. No, there's no designations anymore. Okay. He can come back after four games like anybody else. Once once you're on that, the only time that matters is the initial 53. If if you're placed on IR before the initial 53, um, you're done for the season. After that, now there is a limit. At some point, and I'll try to look that up in the break, you can only bring a certain amount of guys back from IR, but it's, you know, it's pretty significant. So I wouldn't be concerned about that. Okay, so you don't have to designate a guy no. who's done for the no. season. It's just uh, once you get to a number, if you keep putting guys on IR and bringing them back after four games, bringing yeah, them back yeah, after yeah. four games, you can't just do that uh, to infinity. Yes. So, um yeah, once you make that initial 53, um, you know, it's four games. And then if you can come back, you can come back. Uh, but it does not look good for Avante Maddox coming back. But you also got a chance to see the Eagles work out yesterday doing uh, practice things. And they did have James Bradbury working in the slot. Not uh, every single play, but... He did work with the slot coach yesterday. I, I read this morning it was reported. Uh, Jay Mack wasn't just lip service. They're going to use him there some. The question is how much you and I have been kind of kicking it back and forth all week, uh, and we both are leaning toward would you really drop down on the outside corner from Bradbury to Job that much just to protect the slot? It seems like something you'd want to do on a limited basis, uh, the the more they talk and the more they practice, John, it seems to me like it might be more than a limited basis. Um, yeah, well, I, he, then Sean was lying, Sean Desai. Uh, they've been doing that. I think just more people were paying attention. They've been doing that since the summer. He does some work um, in the slot. Uh, so I don't think it's necessarily changed. Now, I did see Justin Evans. I'm not, you know, um, looking through the, the – uh, the fence before practice, which I'm not supposed to do, Jody. Uh, I saw him working um, in, in with some slot reps uh, before practice. Uh, that to me was more, more interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, Sean Desai was pretty definitive. If he's lying, he's lying. I always say you're, you're, you're not under oath on these things, but he was pretty damn definitive. Um, but they've been working uh, with James in the slot for that role for the, as I said, you probably would have saw it against Minnesota. You didn't get an opportunity to see it because of TJ Hawkinson. You might see it with Travis Kelsey. You might see it with Mike Evans if they throw him in there. I don't expect to see it consistently. Um, 
and I'm, I'm trying to look at the, so here's what he said. You know, he's talking about him working in the slot. So was this from the other day you're quoting? I was really impressed with how he's taken on that role and not really sacrificing his corner role because that's his role. He's our corner and he's talking about outside corner. But I, I was learning that. I think it helps him and really everybody in the terms of the way he teaches. Uh, we teach it, helps everybody learn all 11 positions. Uh, he's pretty definitive what his role is, and he's an all-pro cornerback. Um, but, uh, John, just let me uh, put this in proper perspective. This was – you're quoting him from his uh, media session just the other day? Yes. Or was this from previously? In no, year? this is September 20th. Gotcha. This is this week. Um, this is what he said this week. Um, he's an all-pro outside. I just – I. I and by the way, if they do that, win, lose, or draw, because I think we're not going to make our predictions until Monday, obviously, but I think they're going to win the game. I can foreshadow. Uh, win, lose, or draw. If they play him in the slot, I'm going to kill him. The, the Eagles, that decision-making, that's just dumb. He is an all-pro player. He makes... And by the way, I think Howie might even chime in. I'm not paying a damn slot corner when I'm paying James Bradbury. If I'm Howie Roseman, um, I yeah, doesn't make right, any but sense. But something else, the Eagles are on record, and it might not have been this week, but certainly back to uh, before the season started. Play our best eleven guys. They were also on record saying that. And for me, the best eleven guys is that 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 means you're comparing Job to Goodrich positions aside and you can't put them completely aside but uh, at least in part if you're playing your best 11 guys then that would be joe on the field and goodrich not so that, that they're they're you know in a vacuum i don't necessarily disagree with you um because Job is a better outside corner probably right now than goodrich is an inside corner uh, but then you start manipulating positions is is and you're becoming you're weakening yourself in two positions in my estimation because Job's not even close to Bradbury on the outside and Bradbury's not going to be as good as Avante on the inside so you're weakening uh, two positions when you only need to weaken one now you know Mario's got to play he's got to step up and ultimately I think he's going to be the guy and we'll see if I'm right. Um, and I think it's going to be similar to last year when they suffered the multiple injuries at defensive tackle. They're going to give him a very short rope. And if he doesn't do something with it, they're probably going to look outside the organization um, after this game. Um, and, and we'll see how that shakes out. But to me, and you know, there's a lot of different, you know, I go back to Jeff Stoutland. You never want to affect two positions if you don't have to. Sometimes you have to. Um, but if you don't have to, um, why affect two positions? And, and again, I default to James is a very good player to expect him to be the same slot. I think that's the thing where people get it mocked up assuming, well, he's good. He'll be the same outside as he is in the slot. I, I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that yeah, even a little terrible. bit. You're right. 
I don't, even a little bit, I don't agree with that. But to me, here, here's the question that you have to answer. Is Goodrich hurting you? There's not getting the job done, not shutting the guy down. And then there's you're getting hurt by it. If he's getting hurt and getting burnt, and uh, do me a favor when you get the chance. Give, give me the PFF uh, grades for slot corners last week. Did, did they actually break it down? They don't. They don't. Corners. You gotta. You it's gotta all just corners. You gotta pick through it. But right. uh, I, I will bet that his rating was not all that good. And I know the Eagles. Uh, I think it was Sirianni. Maybe it was Desai. Said uh, thought he got better over the course of the game. Okay, and I didn't think he got that much better. I didn't think he played real well. I thought they missed Devontae Maddox uh, pretty badly the other day. That's what you have to determine. Are you actually getting hurt and hurt badly by the guy you're subbing in for Avante Maddox? If that's the case, then you got to get a little bit drastic. And you got to think about moving Bradbury inside. If you don't have to, if Goodrich isn't killing you, then you keep Bradbury right where he is. Well, if Goodrich uh, is killing you, then you got to do something drastic. And you got to say, I think you just said, unless you have to, making a change and, and potentially weakening two positions. Well, define... If you have to, for me, if you have to is, yeah, Goodrich is getting eaten up in the slot. Well, I don't think he got eaten up. I mean, he did a good job rallying up, uh, you know, hey, grades, right. And here's the problem with grades. He had a better grade than Job against the Vikings from PFF. Goodrich did. Um, Now, but the problem with that is Job's got to deal with Jefferson on the outside more than Goodrich did. Um, so that factors into it as well. Um, so, you know, that's one of the things I always try to bring up with PFF. So people are like, well, you got a better grade. Well, he had an easier job, um, in theory. Um, so that factors into it. Um, but he, he did not play poorly. Now people are going to say he gave up, um, you know, every time they threw at him, he gave up a reception, but a couple of them were to the backs and he rallied right up and made the tackle. Now, the Minnesota backs are awful. We know that. They just traded for Cam Akers. They're so bad. Um, So, I mean, that factors into it as well. You know, that's not Christian McCaffrey out there. You see Christian last night? You know, it's a little bit more difficult dealing with him. Um, So, all of that factors into it. I... I, There there are no... And I asked Sean to decide this as well. But point, point... Point to me, the six foot two inch slot corner in the NFL. I I can't find one. There might be one, but I don't know of them. I I haven't checked all thirty two teams. Maybe there is one, and if someone knows one, give them to me. Um, those guys don't project well inside, and to the other end of that spectrum. Five foot nine guys, as I brought up with Avante, he had one bad season, Jody, when they called him Aaron Glenn and they said, we're going to play him outside. You know, Aaron Glenn, he was mm-hmm. a short guy who was really good outside. Um, I talked about Antoine Winfield. He's a short guy. There's some guys who can do it, but not many, um, not many. Uh, and Avante certainly couldn't do it. I point and I, and I asked Sean that question because, you know, coaches 
let's be honest, they don't, they don't like to criticize their own players, nor should they. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, um, it, it doesn't help you in any way. So I asked him, you know, why are there no, you have a lot of long, long quarterback, cornerbacks, I basically asked him. There aren't um, a lots of, of those types of players who play slot. Why is that? And he went into this convoluted, he said I was right, but he went into this convoluted, well, people are starting to put bigger guys in the slot. And he was talking about the tight ends, and I get that. You know, the Kelseys, the Hawkinsons, who were glorified flex receivers, Kyle Pitts uh, in Atlanta, um, guys like that. Yeah, all right. If that's if you want to do that, I'm all for it once in, once in a while. Long term, if you got these little, short, shifty Edelman types who run these option routes, you're not going to like that. You're not going to like that with a big, long – uh, corner inside right. so i mean buyer beware on that kind of stuff so it's a matchup thing and that's what the eagles were doing when they worked out bradbury in the slot during the summer for matchup purposes well the matchups might pop up more often if people know that uh that they're weak at the slot corner position because of the injury to maddox that's all i'm saying uh, I don't think it's going to be Bradbury is your new slot corner. Somebody's going to be in that position. Somebody's going to get the majority of the snaps in that position other than James Bradbury. But it might be more than just two or three snaps a game where he drops in and does play some slot. At least it's looking that way to me. And we'll see how it plays out. Here's the good news. Like uh, you said, Tampa will use Evans out of the slot infrequently they may do it just as a change of pace they're not going to be doing it significant time uh so i don't think it's going to be a big factor this week but it could be as the season moves on unless howie roseman decides yeah we just gotta we we have to upgrade here and uh maybe he does a trade between now and the trade deadline all right so the eagles are healthy they got most of their guys who were either out of the game went down during the game uh we'll probably not know about quez till monday right yeah, they, they keep that under wraps. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't expect them to practice, uh, you know, today. Um, we'll see by Saturday if they can try to ramp them up a little bit. Uh, but, you know, hamstrings are, are – I think we might get Alameda Zacchaeus on Monday. That's the one guy just because of, you know, hamstring injuries with, with fast guys, as I said, tend to – to be things that can linger, especially if you push it and re-injure it, then it could be a, a multiple week thing. So I think they're going to be cautious, but that's just uh, speculation. As Nick pointed out, for those watching, you can keep asking. He basically said, "I'm not giving you anything on injuries." So, yeah, you know, but we keep asking. That competitive advantage that Sirianni is always striving for. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. Got back and back here on Birds 365. We got two good guests for you today. First up from 33rdteam.com. And I almost got on late on the show today. I was reading Thomas Stat Pack on jacobsports.com this morning. Looked up. Oh, shoot, 59. I guess I had better log into the show. Uh, we're going to log in with Paul Domwich uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes. And then our bud. From Eagles Blitz, I-G-G-L-E-S, EaglesBlitz.com. Tommy Lola going to join us in hour number two. So you got the Birds 365 crew together right here. 
on the Jacob Sports Media on a Football Friday. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Got you, Mag and Mag guys here on Birds 365. Waiting for our buddy Paul Domwich uh, to jump in with us. He should join us uh, any minute now. Um, Eagles Bucks on Monday night. And I looked this up today, Jay, uh, Jay Mack. Eagles and Bucks, since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an expansion franchise came into the National Football League, have played the Eagles 21 times, regular and postseason included. What do you think the record is? Um, oh, boy. I know they, they had to lose a lot. Uh, Tampa Bay was really bad in the John McKay era. Um, um I should not, but they haven't, they've struggled against them, <laughs> uh, over the past few uh, years. They don't play obviously that often, but I'm guessing it's pretty significant. Eagles advantage. Um, 
I don't know. What what'd you say? How many games? Twenty one times. I'm gonna say Eagles got thirteen. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won eleven of twenty one meetings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've they've, they've had the they've had their uh, their number. Re- I mean, Rondé Barber. We all know. We all know the playoffs a couple of years ago. So the but that that they obviously didn't play that much early on because the Bucks were bad when they came in. I mean, they were they were a bad football team for a long time. 21 games, 11 buck victories, and five of the 20. That's a pretty good percentage. 21 games, five of them happen to be playoffs. That's a high percentage of uh, just overall. Yeah, some of those are are bad reminders. Yeah, a little bit. Um, The Bucks have won three of the five playoff games. Three times in the wild card game, the Eagles actually took two out of three. Their only loss being with Jalen Hurts at the helm uh, just two years ago. Uh, they lost in the divisional matchup. Once in the divisional matchup, you got to go back to 1979. Yeah. That was before either you or my Eagle covering days. Doug Williams, baby. There Doug you go. Williams. Bucks beat the Eagles back in the divisional lineup, and you did evoke the name of Rondé Barber, who, yes, uh, if you've been an Eagle fan for 20 years, you will certainly remember the pain that Rondé Barber inflicted uh, one of the worst Eagle losses, John, you know, uh, you, you, you've been covering the team for a long time. I've been covering the team for a long time. And, and uh, maybe I shouldn't say long time because neither one of us could say, oh, I remember the 1979 game, every single detail and the fact. No, I don't. Um, but that uh, championship game loss, I, I was, uh, yeah, I'll use it. I don't know if I used it then, but it's become a common phrase now. I was uber confident in the Eagles going into that game that they were going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There was that stat out there, which again, teach you never under 32 degrees, under 32 degrees. The Tampa Bay Bucks were over their career. Oh, for their franchise history had never won it. Forget about a playoff game. Forget about a championship game. They had never won a game that kicked off in under 32 degree weather. And they came into the vet and beat the Eagles in the last game in the vet. Yeah, here's right. Now, I, since you brought it up, I just looked it up. So the Bucks came in in 76. <clears throat> um, they played each other one, two, three, four times before 1991. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's they amazing. Uh, you know, different league, obviously, at the time. Um but yeah, recently they've had the Eagles number. I uh, let's see, four straight, four straight. They beat the Eagles. Is it four uh, straight? I shouldn't have noted that. I didn't. See but that. Uh, you know, they only they played in 2015, um, 2018, 2021, and and the playoffs that year after in 2022. So they played them twice. Um, and you know, Tom Brady and all. Yeah, I remember Brady coming in here and moving it up and down the field. Uh, yeah. And both games weren't as close. They only won that game twenty-eight to twenty-two, but it wasn't that close. The regular, um, the, the regular, regular season, season matchup. Oh, because the, the Bucks—they ran it down to like the two-yard line, and then took uh, I think four straight yeah. victory lap knees, even though they could have punched it in at any time to make it a. I think I ended up covering that game because of that. I uh, uh, 
it was a while ago, so I'm having trouble remembering it. But I think I felt that I owed the Bucks one because they moved it all the way down the field, ate up the final four and a half minutes of the game, and then said, yeah, yeah we'll stop here. At the well, that might have been the first Jonathan Gannon game, as I recall, where people were losing their mind because they were dinking it down. You know, it was Brady. Brady's not making mistakes. And he was 34 of 42. So people started losing their minds. You got to you gotta blitz them, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Jalen had a really poor game. And that's why, you know, Nick was getting bombarded with questions about the playoff game because Jalen didn't play well. He was 12 of 26 in that regular season game for 115 yards, passer rating of 55.8. So... You know, Todd Bowles has had his number, so to speak, but they're a completely different team uh, now than they were then. Um, and yeah, he didn't play it, well in the playoffs. Still some, there's still some key members of that defense. Oh, yeah, they, 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 they got a good defense. I've been talking about their defense. Their oh, defense You is, said they're a completely different team. No, they're not because the defense is Well, yeah, they're way. a completely – when you go from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, you're a completely different team. Like, uh, I'm sorry, you're a completely different team. Um, yes, Todd Bowles is the same. Todd Bowles is a very good defensive coach. I've said from the start, they're not running the football this week. Get that out of your minds. At 115. I got that number as a team. If you pass that, that is a sensational day against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But they're struggling a little bit in the secondary. Um, Carlton Davis is hurt. Uh, Dean hasn't played well. Now the safeties are still good, but the corners have struggled. So this has got to be a passing game. They got to get the passing game going this week. Well, next let's, week let's Monday get Paul night. Domwich up here and see if the Eagles can get their passing game together um Domo if you look at the stats and I was looking at the Paul Domwich stat pack on Jacob Media uh Jacob Sports is pointing and you pointed out that the Eagles have given up a whole bunch of touchdown passes so far this year not good Johnny Mack saying you're moving against the Bucks not not on the ground you're not so we're going to see an air raid between Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield. Is that what's going to happen on Monday night, Damo? <laughs> well, I think they got to mix it up a little bit more. They can't, they can't do – I mean, there isn't going to be a 48-carry game against the Bucs, like John said. Uh, this is a defense that can handle the run pretty well. Uh, I mean, I think they can have some success against them, but they got to do some other things. Now, they got to get the ball to Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, I mean, they're going to see – Probably nothing but zone from Todd Bowles. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what everybody else has been playing against them so that they not only can confuse Jalen a little bit on, on passing, but also everybody's got eyes on Jalen, so he's got nowhere to run. You, you know, they're playing man, they turn their backs, he's gone. So, you know, that's one of the things we've seen in these first two games is Jalen's had nowhere to run. So they got to do a lot of things better this week. Yeah. Um, Nick, you know, a lot of people brought up the playoff game and, the, you know, the Bucs yeah. won that game 31 to 15 and it wasn't that close. They played in the regular season. It, it seemed closer on paper. Wasn't that close either. Um, but no Tom Brady. I mean, you know, this team is 2-0. and I don't think many people expected him to be 2-0. and And I do think the defense is still pretty good, Damo, in Tampa. But, you know, I mean – it's Baker Mayfield. It's a weak offensive line other than Tristan Wirfs and 
even him, they're moving from right tackle to left tackle, seems to be handling it pretty well. This mm-hmm. is a game the Eagles should, you know, put some of those bad memories in the back pocket. But I do think it's going to have to be with the pass. I mean, we know Jason Kelsey's going to the Hall of Fame, but he has trouble moving big guys. And big centers have trouble moving Vita Bea. Um, the linebackers can run sideline to sideline. You got Antoine Winfield supporting. Um, he's like his dad. Uh, when it comes to tackling and run support. They've been good for five years. Like the Eagles have been good against the run for two weeks. They've been good against the run for five years. I I think one is more important. So I think it's an A.J. Brown week. You mentioned Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith. And the Eagles want to get this going. I think it makes too much sense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know, you mentioned Vita Vea. Yeah, Jalen Kelsey's or Jason Kelsey's probably going to be going into the Hall of Fame at some point here. Uh, and he's had his ups and downs with Vita Vea. I mean, Vea's a hell of a player. So, you know, I mean, I think they can have some success because if they can have some passing success, then it, yeah, then it screws Tampa Bay up, you know, a lot because they can't focus on one part of it. You got to pass the run, though. You're not going to run right. the pass. I should. Yeah. That's how I should phrase it. Yeah. Well, one thing they haven't had much success. I don't know. You know, teams are teams are just going to keep playing umbrella coverage. They'll probably see it again this week. So, I mean, teams are not going to let them throw deep. Doesn't mean they won't be able to. It's just going to be difficult, uh, which is why, you know, they need to do some stuff underneath. They need. That's why I think Goddard needs to be a factor. Uh, you know, they can use him as a drive starter. Uh, you know, those six simple six-yard routes to turn a first and ten into a second and two, uh, rather than a sec, second and eight, which is what they've been looking at a lot. Um, you know, so you know, J- but J- Jalen needs to make better decisions than he's been making. Yeah, you, know, you look at the Minnesota game. You know, it's second highest completion percentage of his career, but he just doesn't seem comfortable in the pocket. Uh, you know, this, I mean, he's been sacked seven times and, and a few of them are his, uh, yeah. you know, he's yeah. just, he's just not patient back there. And I'm not sure why. I mean, you know, I mean, this line, this line hasn't been, you know, hasn't brought its a game yet as far as pass protection. Uh, but still, I mean, Jalen knows he can trust it. He knows this is one of the best offensive lines in the league. So you would think he'd be a little bit more patient. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, you know, but they've had 11 days to prepare for this team. Um, you know, Brian Johnson's, you know, he needs to bring his, his A game as far as play calling this week. Uh, you know, they've done a lot of self-scouting, so they know what they've done wrong in the first two games. So, I mean, if they don't come out here against Tampa and throw the ball well, uh, I don't know when they will because you know when you've got a, when you've got nearly two weeks to to prepare, and it doesn't happen, then you, that's when you get concerned more so than after two games. Let me follow up on one guy you specifically mentioned. You said get it to Dallas Goddard for those six yard games, so you're in second and four. That last game they got it to Dallas Goddard six times for 22 yards. Again, I'm not great at math. But that's under three. That's not a six-yard game, Damo. That's a 2.8-yard game. That's not going to get it done. What has it been about Goddard play calling first two weeks, Jalen getting the ball fast or too fast or whatever? Goddard did get a bunch of catches, but he hadn't got diddly squat for yards. 
Yeah. You know, it's almost Sunday. four yards, Jody. It's almost four yards a game. That's tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, what, what seems to be the problem with Dallas Goddard and uh, his uh, not, not being able to get downfield? Yeah. I mean, they're focused on him, clearly, uh, as, as well as the outside receivers. But, I mean, somebody's got to be open. But, you know, Dallas last year led all tight ends in yards after the catch and yards uh, yards per catch. But in the in in the Vikings game, you mentioned the six for twenty-two. He had eight yards after the catch. Eight. I mean, that's just embarrassing. And that's. I mean, it's not his fault. Uh, the, every time he caught the ball, there was somebody draped all over him. So, I mean, that's where play design comes in in in, in here. I mean, this is they've got. I mean, that's what they've you know sh- have been spending these last uh, week and change doing, trying to figure out. Uh, you know, ways to get him open, ways to, to you know, to, to get the deep ball out. Um, we'll see. I, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I agree with John. This is a, a, a doubt. Tampa has a terrific defense. But, I mean, this is the week this offense needs to come into its own and be what it was last year. Um, with Brian Johnson, because he's taken a lot of heat. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought he did a good job against minnesota i thought you know they came in with a plan and and you know they got some curveballs from brian flores and they adjusted on the fly and said all right you're going to play these light boxes what chain used to do he did the same thing against green bay you're going to keep doing this we're going to keep running the football and they just went inside zone basically to the finish line i think that's good i think that's a positive now, Jalen was talking yesterday, Damo. He he gave his – when did the main thing not become the main thing, which is winning football games. Uh, but it seems like offensively – and we're going to talk about the defense because you did a nice job. Like, they're giving up a ton of touchdowns uh, through the air early. Pass defense mm-hmm. has been very poor statistically. You know, that doesn't seem to be a problem. But on the offense, style points seems to be a problem. Why do you think that is? Well, because, I mean, everybody saw what this offense was capable of last year. I mean, what, third in the league in scoring? Um, you know, 46% third down percentage. Uh, you know, they're run- I mean, they were a team that could – there aren't too many teams that were able to run and pass as well as the Eagles last year. I mean, you stopped one or, or slowed down one, they beat you the other way. And then you had Jalen, who, you know, who could run. I mean, their RPO averages this year, John, are yeah, – I don't have bad. the numbers, but like last year they averaged, I want to say, 9.4 yards per, per RPO play. That's both run and pass. Um, this year it's down near – it's below four right now. Wow. Um, because teams have teams are playing zone, they're mixing up their fronts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're they're staying in their gaps. They're doing you know you, you watched you know you you watch Jalen when he when he does some of those uh, uh, zone reads. There's there's somebody there. There's there's nowhere to run. They're 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 taking away those big running lanes he had last year, and that kind of triggers everything else that's been going you know wrong so far. I mean, I agree with Jalen. I mean. They're two and zero, and that's the important thing. But you know, that's what you do. I mean, that's what Nick Sirianni's been doing. I mean, he's looking at those two games and saying this isn't good enough. 
because we have to improve. Now, you know, I talked to Mike Quick the other day. Mike Quick thinks blames most of it on the fact that they didn't play in the preseason. The starters didn't, and, and these two games have been their preseason. Uh, to some degree, I, I think he's correct. Um, but to others, I think you've had Belichick and Flores who had an entire offseason, like yeah. every other coordinator in this league, to prepare for this offense, to come up with a way to, to defend it that they didn't last year. And that's, that's, I think, one of the things we're seeing here. Yeah. You know why I don't buy that, Damo? And you know that, well, I know John knows, and you're on often enough that you know. I'm a proponent of actually, I don't know, like practicing in preseason, uh, although yeah. the Eagles seem to want to do less of that than maybe any other team in the National Football League. The reason I don't buy it is they got a, nine of their 11 starters back. The only change yeah. is at running back and at right guard. And, oh, by the way, right guard has looked pretty good. I've not seen that big a drop-off from Isaac Sayamala to Cam Jurgen. So if you filled one of the holes significantly well enough for the first two games, the only change you made was running. You got 10 out of the same 11 guys. They can't remember back to last year. What they do all offseason? That, that, that had to forget how successful they were last year. I thought they needed much more work on the defensive side of the ball during the offseason than the offensive side of the ball. So I'm not giving them a pass because, oh, they, they didn't get enough practice time in they should still be able to be the same offense they were last year. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I think the one thing I'll say is, I mean, I want my quarterback to get hit in the preseason. Uh, I don't want him coming into the first game uh, in week one, not having really taken a good lick because I just think that's important. Um, so, I mean, Mike doesn't think, despite what Nick has said um, about, you know, I may have to reevaluate next year. He doesn't think Nick means that. I mean, he thinks he meant it then. He thinks that if they play, you know, if, if this is they have a good year, uh, they go to the playoffs, deep into the playoffs next year, you won't see the starters play Same again. Exact thing. I, I yeah. agree now, with you, yeah. Mike. Now, I'm going to give you a, a Charlie Weiss uh, mm -hmm. thing that always stuck with me. I, I was talking to Charlie once, Damo, and when he was coaching at Notre Dame, he would talk about, you know, they would play Navy every year. It's like, right. you can't prepare for Navy. You, you got one week. That's it. So you look like, at times, you look really bad. Now, ultimately, Notre Dame would out-talent them. But there were times where they looked terrible because mm -hmm. you can't spend a lot of time practicing for the triple option because nobody else runs it unless you're, right. you know, there's a couple teams and, but, but you get the point. So it's like we got one week to, to figure this thing out, and you kind of look a little bit goofy. Brian Flores specifically, it, it, not like that. There's nothing like that in the NFL. But compared to everybody else, he's like way off the page. That's why I like him. He leads the league in blitzing, and he leads the league in eight-man coverages. Same team. Yeah. He throws, what I'm trying to say is, he throws some wacky stuff out there. And you're not going to see that every week. And you, it, it does make you uncomfortable. Kelsey called it chaos. It, it, you know, they're throwing chaos at us. And I think as it slowly settles down to more conventional defenses, I think the Eagles will look better. Or am I giving them too much credit? 
No, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, you know, I think you're probably right. I don't think they're going to see too many teams that are as unafraid to throw cover zeros at them, uh, blitz zeros as, uh, as, as Flores is. Um, so, I mean, I, I, this deep, this offense is just too good not to, you know, not to, you know, not to not make improvement over these first two games. Uh, so I'm not terribly concerned. Um, you know, I mean, Jalen's, I'm sure, taking it personally and is going to, you know, has, has been, you know, he knows what he's not doing right and what he's, you know. So, I mean, I, they'll, they'll, they'll straighten it out, I think. I think that's why I think this game is so important because they're playing a good defense, but they've had 11 days to prepare. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's a, you know, if they're playing, if they're, they're playing, uh, a horrible defense, you can't put too much credence in what might happen. But if they can go out there this week against Tampa and play well offensively, they can build on that. I Damo, need your take on the Eagles' diva wide receiver. And I'm calling a diva wide receiver for this week. He can lose the diva tag in uh, 48, 72 hours, somewhere thereabouts. But after talking to the media yesterday and trying to spin – well, I was too upset to talk to you guys on Sunday, but it was nothing. If you were too upset to talk to us, how is it nothing there, big guy? Uh, so I wasn't buying what he was selling yesterday, but I don't think AJ's uh, going to be a continued problem going forward. Or should I? Um, wide receivers are wide receiver. He's not surely not alone. He would just be joining the wide receiver diva club in the National Football League. But um, th this isn't going to fester or become an issue the Eagles over the course of the year, is it? I can't imagine it will be. I mean, for God's sakes, this is his, this is the godfather of his daughter throwing him the ball. I mean, yeah. if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna pull a Ter Terrell Owens uh versus Donovan McNabb on, on on the godfather of your child, there's no hope. Uh, no, I, I think <laughs> you know, he, he was he was frustrated, clearly. Um you know, I watched it several times, uh, tr you know, trying to see what, you know, get a gauge on, on Jalen's reaction. He just kind of like let him have his say. Um, probably said, I hear you. You know, I, I, I don't think it's going to fester. Um, no, he called it a, well, Nick called it a two out of a 10. He called it a half of a one. So 0. 0.5, interesting way to say 0. <laughs> 0.5. But um I, I, I do think it was more than that, but not because of the 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 argument or that kind of stuff happens, you know, and you need to mm -hmm. have AJ explained, you need to have uncomfortable conversations, accountability, all that kind of stuff, which I agree with. But yeah. I, I think it revealed, Damo, that they're really tightly wound, this group, because yeah. You know, AJ, AJ talks to us all the time. He's got no problem talking. He bolted out of the locker room. Nick had that, oh, I don't know. What, you're, what are you talking about? Like the Amazon camera. Everybody caught it, and it was, you know, it was our buddy Tim McManus who brought up, well, you know, you were on TV talking to them. What would you say? And then he had yeah. to address it. Um, so that to me, you know, and, and by the way, it took him – it was like a loss when it came to opening up the locker room, you know, typically mm -hmm. after a win, everybody's happy. The thing opens up after the 10. Now it was like a loss. It was like they lost the game. Um, 
I think they're tightly wound and the expectations yeah. are there. Nick kind of talked about that a little bit yesterday. I think for the most part, they do a good job ignoring it, but you can't, that stuff seeps in. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. And here's the deal. I mean, as everyone knows, there's one ball. Uh, yeah. You know, they've got, they've got two of the best receiver wide receivers in the league. And then you add Goddard on top of that. Um and now DeAndre got to get the ball, and uh, yeah. everybody's got to get the ball, and they wanted Bijan Robinson. But there's one football. I've, I've been yeah. talking about it since the Bijan days. Yeah. And Devonte, I mean, AJ can say how close he and Devonte are, and they are. I mean, but still, they're competitive, and there's more at stake here. I mean, you, you can go and look at the fact that AJ's guaranteed money runs out after 2024. So. Uh, you know, he's looking towards the future. He wants to be here. Devontae wants to be here. One of them's probably going to be gone. Uh, if I had yeah. to guess, it's going to be AJ. I mean, they're looking at two more years together. And then and then there's probably going to be a, a situation where the, the cap just isn't going to allow uh, you to have two receivers making that kind of money. So, you know, those things play into – what's happening. Uh, I don't think it's at the forefront. I think it'll get worked out for now, but it'll always be there. I mean, that's the way wide, you know, and, and plus you, the mentality of wide receivers is like, they're crazy. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, this doesn't happen in any other position. You know, uh, these guys just, uh, that's just the way they're, you, you mentioned the way, you know, the, they're, the team's tightly wound. I mean, every yeah. wide receiver in this league is tightly wound. Right. So, and even even when things are going well, I agree with you yeah. on that. I Dom, I want to jump back over to the defense for a second. Because yeah. we, we haven't passed. we haven't focused enough on the fact that the Eagles linebackers are two big question marks right now. Um last week that uh, well both weeks, uh, tight end touchdowns, probably linebackers in coverage. Um this was not the linebacking core that we thought we were going to get. Well, Nicholas Marr was signed uh, to be the starting linebacker. And then he was caught. And he came back to the practice squad. Now he's back in starting again. So the Nicholas Morrow uh, uh, dynamic has gone up and down and up and down and up and down. It's like we're an all wondering EKG. about how, how they're going to replace Avante Maddox. Should they be looking to upgrade at linebacker right now? Well, I mean, they're going to be getting a Kobe Dean back in in two games, theoretically. I don't know. Uh, I you, heard you know that six, four to six weeks. So I don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, John has a better feel for it than I do. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it I, might I don't. Be, think, but it might be. I don't think it's totally the linebackers. I mean, safeties too. I mean, the middle of the field's just been a fertile area uh, for for opposing offenses. Uh, I think I think in their mind, they feel that everything's going to work out if. And, and then you, you add to that the fact that Devontae Maddox is gone now, too. So, uh, And those are things that, you know, Maddox isn't coming back. So now they got to figure out what to do about that. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a bigger problem uh, than linebacker, John, uh, uh, Jody. Because uh, I don't know that you really want to move Bradbury inside. Um, Everybody wants to move he, him inside, Dom. Why? Explain I mean, it to me. I know, and and this week it would be it would be fine because Mike Evans plays inside a lot. Mike Evans is six three, a big big corner. Uh, 
going against a big uh, wide receiver. But most most slot guys are smaller. You got to be, yeah. you know, inside. You got to be quickness with with a, a you know exceptional change of direction, and you you have to know what you're doing inside. You know, Avante did. He just couldn't stay healthy. I don't. Yeah. So I don't think. You know, if you had if you ask me right now what trade they need to make before the deadline, it, my feeling is it's it position yeah. wise it's to Smart get corner. it's to get yeah. corner. Yeah. Now, if I'm um, if I'm Tampa Bay, and you know, because I've heard that a lot, Evans is playing more in the slot. Evans is playing more in the slot. So I looked it up. It's he's played exactly a hundred snaps. He's played fifteen in the slot. So he's still outside way more. But yeah. if they did want him to move inside. Well, then I just pick on Josh Jobe outside if you want to do that. And and yeah. and by the way, it, I, I'm moving Evans. So, all right, if they're going to play Bradbury in the slot, I'm going to move him outside and put Chris Godwin in the slot and vice versa because Chris Godwin can play in the slot and, and is really effective. Now, I don't know if they're savvy enough to do that or – Baker Mayfield's good enough to take advantage of that type of situation. But my larger point, Damo, is he's an all-pro outside corner. At what point does Howie go? I'm not paying $13 million for a stinking slot corner. He's an all-pro outside corner. Play him outside. Now, yeah. I think they are going to play him outside. But if they don't, I think it's fair to criticize this defense, defensive plan. I, I'm mm-hmm. not taking up all pro outside corner and putting them in the slot. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me, Damo. Make it make sense. Yeah, I can't. I, that's why I, I agree with you. I don't think it'll happen. Um, you know, I just, you don't, you don't take a, a guy like Bradbury and move him inside where, where he's not nearly as effective and as, as good. So, I mean, they're, I think they're putting every they're putting everything on their pass rush. Uh, yeah, they feel exactly. that pass rush can, can can erase all other ills, and uh, you know so far, you know the pressures are, are exceptionally high. The, the sacks aren't only four because you know Mac Jones was getting the ball out. I think like point one second. Right, after he, he was he was snapped. yeah he was he uh, was sped Kirk, up man yeah yeah Kirk, Kirk Cousins doesn't. I mean, that's not the way he he operates, but even he was getting it out quicker than usual. Uh, you know, Baker Baker's the same way. Baker's a guy that for most of his career has hung on to the ball, and it's been his downfall. Well, they you know they they've clearly have told him you need to get it out. He's only been sacked once this year so far. Uh, you know, you've got to make him hold the ball. You've got to you know you've got to stay on his receivers early, and so make him look for that second read. Um, so we'll see what happens this week. I, I, I'm not a big believer in Baker Mayfield, so I think they're going to just hammer him this week. Uh, I think their sack total is going to, you know, going to. I think they'll have about four of them this this week and a lot of pressures, and I think they'll force Baker into a couple turnovers. Yeah, they always get Damo, a lot of pressures. Yeah. Damo, the uh, Avante Maddox loss is a significant one for the Eagles. I think we all agree that. But right. it's not as significant as Trayvon Diggs going down for the Cowboys. Oh, that's uh, that is a brutal. Yeah, that's a bad injury. Yeah, that's the, the yeah. Cowboys. Good luck trying to replace him. We're debating on whether you do or don't move uh, Bradbury into the slot and the like. Uh, all right, fine. Yeah. He, he, they don't have anybody coming off the bench. It's going to be Trayvon Diggs for them. Uh, so I would say for the Eagles, if you're worried about, uh oh, the injury bug is biting us. It's biting Dallas harder than it is Philadelphia. 
Oh, yeah. That, and that's why I said as good as Dallas. I said that this week. I feel like I jinxed them. Uh, not that Eagles fans care, but they look so good the first two weeks. But you have one injury at the wrong position. I mentioned yeah. Micah and, and Tony Pollard. I mean, they don't have anything at running back digs as well. Um, yeah, one injury can can affect you that much. Um, but I'll leave it uh, here with you. At P. Damo, make sure you follow Paul. His stat package up at jacobsports.com. Now, you led this week with the Eagles' uh, pass defense, um, and it hasn't been good. Now, part of that is injury-related. Bradbury was out with the concussion. Reed was out with the rib injury. Avante, we know, got knocked out. Uh, but the Eagles are giving up a lot of touchdown passes, um, a lot of yardage. Now, part of it is they're ahead and teams can't run against them. So you factor that all in. But I'm not in love with this pass defense, and they seem to be getting a pass. And I brought that up with the offense. Everybody's all over the offense. Defense, eh, we're winning games. Um, Are you concerned with this pass defense? Because I'm with you. They're putting everything on this defensive front. Yeah. Either they perform or it's going to be bad. No, I mean, I am concerned uh, watching these first two games. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I put a lot of credence in in how you play both offensively and defensively on third down and in the red zone. Well, in these first two games, the defense has been horrible on both. Uh, you know, the, the, the Kirk Cousins, they, the, the Vikings were four for four in the red zone, touchdown uh, rate-wise. All four touchdowns came on on Cousins' uh, uh, touchdown passes. Third down, same thing. You know, they're they're. I think, I think uh, Cousins like six of his seven completions were produced first downs. Uh, the, you know, teams are are converting third and longs uh, because of their success uh, through the year. I mean, that's got to change, or, or it'll be their downfall. I mean, you just I, I don't. This is a terrific rush, and I think Jalen Card. I, I mentioned this. And I, and I was kind of caught up in the moment. But, I mean, I think ultimately right now you can look at Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and actually see – and don't laugh, but you could see Reggie White and Jerome Brown. No, I, I – you know, people – I've been here – you know why? Because Seth said compare Jalen Carter to Jerome Brown. And mm-hmm. I said – and I, I'm the same as you. I said, look, people are going to get mad at me, but Jalen Carter's way more athletic than Jerome Brown. Yeah. Now – I'm not saying he's going to be that player because a lot more comes into it, but just the pure athleticism. I mean, Jalen Carter's just unbelievable. Uh, yeah. The size and that speed. Uh, and and Jordan Davis you. is far behind athletic wise. That's what, I mean, I remember talking to Tom Brady years ago and, and, and talking to Mike Mayock who, when he was with the NFL network about quarterbacks he had talked to and the thing that scared them all the thing that they hated most was a team that could rush the interior that, that could put pressure yeah, on you instantly yeah. you got nowhere to run yeah uh, i mean they're coming right at you you know you can dodge edge rushers no matter how good they are you step up if there's a pocket um so i mean that is going to be pivotal with this pass rush but uh you know what we're seeing right now is teams you know i mean you're going to see it this week baker's going to try to get the ball out quickly they've got to figure out a way to make him hold it if they can they win this game probably comfortably if they can't 
Mike Evans might have 13 catches for 180 yards. Ooh, ooh, he, for a guy who's got an issue with his contract, he sure doesn't show it. Maybe AJ, well. can we get AJ talking to Mike Evans before yeah. the game? That that might be a good. By idea. the way, Mike won't get 13 for 180 if if the Eagles keep Bradbury outside. Now, if they move him inside, he might get 13 for 180. Uh, if they move him go. inside, they, it might be because the Bucks have moved Evans inside. So you might see a <laughs> traveling situation in that one. Damo, it's always a pleasure, brother. Great job on the stat pack this week. Thank you for jumping on. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Thanks, Damo. 33rd team and uh, jacobsports.com. Uh, check out his Friday stuff. is always great for not only Eagles, but taking a peek uh, for the entire week in the National Football League. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac coming back. Tommy Lawler from EaglesBlitz.com going to join us in about 20 here on Birds 365. <laughs> You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 3428-267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. 
Yes, Eagles. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. Uh, Tommy Lawler, EaglesBlitz.com, going to join us in about 15 minutes from now. Uh, John talking to Damo about the Eagles and the opposition's quarterbacks who put up numbers against Eagles first two weeks. Can't deny it. Mac Jones put up better numbers than Mac Jones usually does. And Kirk Cousins, while in a losing effort, did go 31 of 44 for 364 and four touchdowns. Those are pretty damn big numbers. Um, Here's where I'm going to cut the Eagles some slack, but then pull it right back and say it's still on them. Uh, last week's game against the Vikings, uh, their number one safety played zero snaps, didn't dress, blank and chip, out of the game. Their number one or two corner, if you got one and one eight, Slayton Bradbury, didn't play any snaps, out for the game. And your number one slot corner played 22% of the snaps before he got hurt. Maddox didn't play a ton. So you're getting, quote unquote, backups in there at those three out of your five positions. So I'm going to cut the Eagles a little slack there because they got hurt by injuries. Injuries are part of the game, but you have to be able to deal with them. Here's where I cut uh, pull, pull that slack right back. Again, the Eagles' belief of less is more. In preseason, shorter practices, don't work too hard, don't risk any players with injuries. You heard all those practices. Reed Blankenship ran with the ones for safety work most of the time, correct? Every single first team rep. Every single first team rep. So all the other safeties kind of rotated in on the other first team reps. Everybody got a little bit of a chance to prove. How much did Edmund and Evans play together? Um, uh, uh, not much, not at all, because Reed, Reed, everybody was rotating next to Reed. Everybody, so... Yeah. So and sure enough, in the game, guess what? They had to play together because Reed Blankenship wasn't available. And all preseason, in the somewhat limited uh, work that they do, it was always Reed Blankenship with the ones. Now, I'm not questioning playing Reed Blankenship with the ones until Reed Blankenship gets hurt, and then you've got to get guys out there playing together who haven't had a chance to play together. So uh, I give them a little bit of a break because. Injuries can make you go to depth, and there's a reason why guys aren't uh, starters, because they're not as good as the starters. That's why they're depth. When you need to lean on your depth, you're going to see a drop-off. But the Eagles didn't do a good job this offseason for me prepping for that potential drop-off. Well, I can't. I look starters are starters, and they take first-team reps. So I think with Reed, it's a little bit more – um, open-ended because people didn't know he was that entrenched uh, till he became that entrenched. But from the coaching staff's perspective, they identified, all right, this is the guy, this is the guy. And, you know, I go back to my favorite NFL quote, and that's Tom Moore. And I say it all the time, you know, it's easy to understand a quarterback. You know, he got asked that question one time when he was coaching Peyton Manning. Why don't you give the backup? What what happens if Peyton get? Why don't you give the backups of first team reps? And he said, he looked at the guy and he said, you know, if eighteen gets hurt, we're we're bleeped and we don't practice bleeped. You know, you don't practice. I I could say it on YouTube. You don't practice fucked. Uh, you you play your starters. You practice your starters. 
if they're healthy, first team reps. That's at every position, not just quarterback. Um, and it and it replicates the safety. So I'm not going to kill him for that. But you know, Damo led with that in the stat package. Look, yeah, there are contextual reasons they were so poor. Bradbury's not out there. Uh, Blankenship's not out there. Abante gets hurt in the second quarter. Um, that's pretty significant. Um, so that's part of it. But as you just mentioned, nobody in Philadelphia is crying for Dallas uh, the, today. They lose Trayvon Diggs. You got to deal with it. They're not getting Abante Maddox back. And we're having all these questions of, are you going to move Bradbury inside? Are you going to play Goodrich? Are you going to play Jove outside? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that's part of the NFL. You got to deal with injuries. And they were not successful dealing with the Minnesota passing game when the game should have been over. They were one-dimensional. They couldn't run the football at all. So you can kind of look at it both ways, Jody. They did what they wanted to do. They took the running game completely off the table. They made them one-dimensional. They knew they had to throw the football, and they still couldn't stop them, and they got, in theory, back in the game, um, at least from a number standpoint. And the numbers are, as you mentioned, Kirk's numbers are what they are. Four touchdowns, huge passer rating, huge yardage. And they were one-dimensional. You know, I think it's a concern. Um, and, and you know, more so because of Mac Jones. Kirk, Kirk, you know, we talk about it all the time. He, he, he has big games all the time. You know, he's a high-volume thrower, as I call it. He has big games. But Mac Jones does not. And they were they were giving up pretty sick and they were healthier. Reed was out there, uh, Avante was out there. So even that's probably a little bit more concerning. Um yeah, I don't think the secondary I liked obviously the outside corners, but other than that, I don't think the secondary is that good this year. Uh we'll, we'll... <sighs> I'm I'm sitting on the fence with Blankenship as to whether I'm just ready to say, all right, yeah, he's good. He, he he'll be fine. Uh, not not a big drop off from where you were last year with Epson CJGJ. He might not be coming up with the picks that Gardner Johnson did, but he'll be just a good, uh, just solid a guy. You're just ready to go there, and boom, he misses the game. Yeah, I was I was leaning in that direction. I was with the Eagles coaching staff on that. Okay. He's our best safety. He's the guy we're relying on. He's going to be the guy who's going to come up and make the stop uh, when we need it on a short in right, nine yard, third and nine. He's going to get the guy down at uh, eight yards downfield and make the other team punt. But then he went ahead and got hurt. So I'm kind of with you on this, Johnny. They still got stuff to prove in the secondary. If Slay and Bradbury yeah. Slay and Bradbury, fine. But everywhere else is still on a kind of show me mode. I'm not. I'm not as worried about the durability aspect yet, um, because it was a short week. You know, it's weird week two. I think he would have played if it were a Sunday game. I I think they were being cautious, um, so I'm not too concerned about that yet. Um, and and he played. He was a five year starter in college. You know, he never got hurt. Um, but I mean, yeah, when you don't play, you don't play. Um, you got to put a little asterisk there, even on a short week. 
and we're talking about it, you know, the Kobe a lot. And it, it unfortunately uh, came to pass and he's going to miss at least four games, maybe five or six. Um, so you always have to worry about availability, but um, I'm, I'm willing to overlook that if, you know, he, I, I'm, I'm sure he's going to play on Monday night. And if everything is copacetic from that point forward, and maybe we go back to the off season, they got a bunch of rib injuries, right? Sounds like soreness to me with Gainwell and Blankenship and Fletcher. They all had rib injuries. They weren't broken. Fletch played. I saw both of them. Uh, they weren't broken. They were sore from taking that pounding. Well, they didn't, you know, they're not the only team, but they have no live reps in the in the in the preseason. Those guys barely played. They played a little bit, not Bletch, but Kenny and 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 did Reed play? I don't even think Reed played. Um, I don't think he played. Um, so I think that factors into it as well. Um, you know, but yeah, that Thursday game on this week two is just weird. I think it it. Nah, I'd like to get rid of Thursday football. Uh, completely, but I'd especially like to get rid of it early. You know, it's like ugh. week two, the Thursday game. That's uh, terrible. They're, they're all the same. If it's Thursday, it's Thursday. It's not good. It doesn't matter whether it's week two or week 10 or week 16. Uh, I'm not a fan of but Thursday. It does matter. I mean, well, Bradbury, from that perspective, I mean, Jody, you can't get through that stinking protocol the way they set it up on for a Thursday game. You can get through it for a Sunday game, but you can't get through it for a Thursday game. Right, so but what's, a, what's the difference between week two, week 10, week 16? If you can take a knock no, on I the head, the you got to get through the protocol. I, I, Doesn't I, matter where in the calendar it happens. It's a Thursday game is a short week, and if you're trying to get through concussion protocol, you're screwed. Doesn't matter where when it happens. No, and I meant from the injury standpoint, Thursday differs dramatically from, from Sunday. That's all I'm saying from an injury standpoint. Right. Um, it differs dramatically, and that's why I think you should ban Thursday football. But obviously, I'm not going to win that uh, argument with the right. NFL. All right, and speaking of Thursday football, 49ers looked pretty good last night. Now, you know I'm a Brock Purdy fan. I'll tell you, Brock Purdy didn't play all that well. He had a couple no, of didn't. passes that he got lucky on. One was just a major tip up in the air that should have been picked that ends up being like a 15-yard gain because yeah. the ball gets tipped up in the air and the guy grabs it. He didn't play He didn't play well in the first half, played better in the second half. That's pretty good when you don't play well and you throw for 300 and change yards and two touchdowns. That's it's Kyle, baby. Kyle Shanahan. For all those people that and, – and I'm one of them by the way, that can't stand the Eagles bubble screen. Well, they run it pretty stinking well. They're converting third and 13s and third and 15s with bubble screens to Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. Now, part of it is those are great players. Yeah, they're I mean, kind of talented players. Johnny, I think yeah. I could draw up some plays for Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Craig Kittle. Well, you know, Christian is generational. Uh, gener I talk about it all the time. Generational uh, player. Um, Debo's very good. Uh, George Kittle's very good. Um, I'm not trying to dismiss. I always say talent first. But if you don't block, if you don't execute on those plays, I don't care if it's Christian McCaffrey, you're going nowhere. Um, the Eagles don't run those plays well. 
I don't know who to blame, but they don't run those plays well. San Francisco does. I mean, I, I, you know, I, at third, I was watching the one drive, Jody. Giants gave up third and 13 and third and 15. Yep. One was a bubble screen to Debo. One was a, a traditional screen to McCaffrey. They don't, they, the Eagles don't do that well. Uh, the 49ers do. Now, Eagles fans are going to lose their minds because they hate the 49ers. The Eagles destroyed them in the NFC championship game. I get that. I'm talking about this limited part of the game. San Francisco does it well. The Eagles don't. And the Eagles need to either get better at it or scrap it, one or the other. On a night where uh, Purdy did not throw the ball all that well. 25-37, 3-10, two touchdowns, 111 passer rating. It's pretty damn good. Well, Ra- <laughs> Ralph Vacchiano, uh, I'll, I'll give him credit, uh, friend of the show, has been on the show. Um, damn, I got to get Ralph on again. He, he, yeah. he, 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 he says so he loves this. coming he had- on. He just hasn't been able to work it out schedule-wise. Yeah, Uh he he had two great stats. Um, the first was Wink Wink Martindale uh, blitzed eighty four point six percent of the dropbacks, eighty four point six percent. And then the second one is the Forty ers of that three hundred and ten passing yards, two hundred fifteen after the catch. But that's the design of the offense. You're right. Yeah. That's what they do. Birdie gets it out of his hands quickly uh, and just uh, gives his guys the chance to make the play. And guess what? McCaffrey and Kittle and Debo they didn't even have Ayuk. They're missing one of their no. key components yeah, last night. They didn't night. even have them. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, Birdie threw for 310 yards. All right. Magamac coming back. I see Tommy Lawler. He is ready to join us. He's up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. 
The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365, and we've got our uh, guy from down south these days. Here going up here for years as an Eagle reporter. Still reports on the Eagles on his uh, own website, eaglesblitz.com. Tommy, Tommy Lola jumps in with me on Birds 365. Uh, Tommy, I'm going to set the over-under rushing yards for DeAndre Swift at 174 and a half since he had 175 last week. Are you taking the under or the over? Oh, over for sure, of course. <laughs> not, 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 not likely, my friend. I got some beachfront property in Nebraska. Yeah. I <laughs> I'm going to go. I, I'm going to put uh, a more legitimate number. See how how we can go. I'm going to I'm going to say fifty. Give me over or under, Tommy. I'll say over that, but it, it won't be it, it won't be substantially over that because the Bucks have an outstanding run defense and uh, they're going to. Even if they play a light box like Minnesota did last week with Vita Vea in the middle and some of the guys they have, they're just better run defenders. So even if they go light in the box, the Eagles aren't going to have the success they did last week. Your thoughts on Brian Johnson, Tommy, today? Because I, I was pretty impressed last week. The Eagles obviously came into the game with a with a game plan and it wasn't working. And you mentioned those light boxes and Minnesota wasn't coming out of them, and they said, all right, we're just going to run inside zone to the finish line, and they ran inside zone to the finish line. They won the football game. I think that's a check mark in his column. Seems like everybody's upset, though, with Brian Johnson uh, to this point. No, I, I mean, the point is something I wrote recently. If you go back to Super Bowl, I think it was Super Bowl thirty-six. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick was facing Mike Marks and the Rams, and Belichick played a defense that dared Mike Marks to run. And because, you know, he had, uh, he had Torrey Holt and he had all those receivers that were so explosive. Isaac Belichick Bruce, knew. Yeah. Exactly. And Oz Hakeem and just on down the line. He didn't want any part of that passing offense getting going, so he played a light box. Well, Marshall Falk ran 21 times in that game. The Rams ran 22. They threw 44 passes. So Mike Marks, despite having a light box, said, we're a passing team, we're going to throw it, and they scored 17 points and lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. Brian Johnson said, hey, listen, you're playing a live box. DeAndre Swift's going to be player of the week for the NFC. And he fed his guy. And don't don't force something. If, if they're giving you something, take it. 
Uh, yeah. You know, the Eagles offensive line got to go knock the crap out of Vikings defenders. You know, Landon Dickerson and, and Jordan Mylotta were the two happiest people in Philadelphia last Thursday. They loved it. And then DeAndre Swift just kept running and running and running, and Minnesota couldn't stop him. Why would you stop him yourself? Make them stop him before you change it. So that's good coaching. Tommy, need your analysis on this. And it may sound like I'm harping on it because I am. Because uh, I may have bet on it in the game last Thursday night. I went Dallas Goddard yardage rather than catches. My mistake. Uh, six catches for 22 yards. John corrected my math earlier. It's less than four yards a catch. It's three and change. I said it was two and yards, two and change per yards. Uh, three and change not good enough either. You get six catches, you're going to get more than 22 yards. He didn't. Is that on Goddard? Is that on Hertz? Or is that on the design of the play, Brian Johnson et al., Sirianni, uh, Kevin Petullo, put whoever you want into that mix? How do you have a six-catch, 22-yard day that Dallas Goddard had against the Vikings? You left out the defense, Jody. Uh, the Vikings, when they would drop back six, seven, eight guys, they would said throw it, drop it off to somebody short. And when we dropped it off to somebody short – the Vikings were there to make the tackles. Goddard could not get going in space. There was always defenders right there on him. So give the Vikings credit. They, they had a, an unusual scheme that they ran. They ran it very effectively. It, it affected the passing game in a big way. And, uh, you know, part of it is Jalen Hurts not feeling comfortable in the pocket and making good reads on a consistent basis. And so there might have been other plays where Goddard was open and, and, and Hurts just wasn't seeing him. But when he did get him the football, the Vikings rallied and made made quick tackles. So the design of their defense worked in that part of the passing game. Yeah, I mentioned Brian Flores a couple times over the past week and a half, and and Jody knows I'm a big fan of, of Brian, and uh, he does stuff. And the reason I like him is because I like I like uh, unique people. I don't like copycats. Like I don't like the Pangio defense because everybody plays it. I don't want the copycat. I want the guy who's going to do things differently. The so-called, you know, zig when everybody else is acting. Now you got to be successful at it as well. But from the Eagles standpoint, I think, you know, they're not going to see what Minnesota did. Like he does some wacky stuff. I put, he, he leads the league in blitzes and he also leads the league in eight man coverages, which is, Right. Weird. Beyond belief. It's very weird. Yeah. No perspective. Um, so I think Jalen's going to get more comfortable. Jason Kelsey called it chaos this week. They were throwing chaos at us. And I do think it was a little bit unsure, but I have some comfort that you're not going to see that every week. So things are going to settle down. And I think he's going to settle down. Or do you have more concern over Jalen's early play? I think your point is exactly right. So I think uh, Bill Belichick in the season opener did some creative things defensively. Flores did very creative things defensively. That was a highly unusual defense. And I think we're going to see more of that on Monday night with Todd Bowles. Again, another coach who can kind of do some unusual things. So this is, this is good, right? You want Jalen Hurts to be tested. Uh, as much fun as it is to watch the Eagles drop back and just destroy people, uh, and trust me, 2022 was a lot of fun, right? But there's going to be games when you're going to run up against a good defense, and if you've been tested, you'll be ready for those games. 
And the Eagles sometimes last year with things being so easy, weren't always ready for those tests. So I think this is good for them to work through this, to be better prepared for down the line uh, when they're going to face some, some defenses that are, that are good, that may not be as creative, but are still going to make life tough on them. The Eagles need to be able to have answers, uh, whether it's to run the football, to throw short, to throw left or throw right. Whatever they need to do, they'll be able to have more answers because they've been tested and they've had to be creative and, and, and do some different things in these first couple of weeks. Uh, Jalen Hurts has got to get better. There's no question. But really, from week one to week two, because it was such a short week, they didn't have much of a chance to correct problems from week one. Now they've had an extended break. So I'm really curious to see how Hurts plays on Monday because the coaches have had time to study what they want to see improved to look at the Bucks defense, to, to fix the Eagles offense. So Monday is going to give us a better barometer of where this offense is in my mind. Tommy, uh, through two games, the Eagles are plus four on the turnover ratio scale. Uh, they've come up with five uh, takeaways, but uh, Jalen Hurts had an INT. So at plus four, they're tied for third best in the league. That's very good except for the Bucks being second, who have five turnovers and haven't turned it over once themselves. So they're plus five. Is this going to be a turnover-type game since both teams seem to be pretty good at getting them? Uh, the Bucks have not given one up yet. Uh, the Eagles have been a team that's always tried to be aggressive, uh, despite uh, Gannon being their head coach, decides been a little bit more aggressive. How much did the turnovers affect the outcome of the game on Sunday for your thing? Well, if you look, the thing that both teams have in common is that Minnesota gave yeah, the football to both of them. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Three turnovers. They're by giving the away and... the football. <laughs> They're very generous of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Uh, three turnovers to, to Tampa in the opener and four to the Eagles in week two. Uh, so whoever Minnesota plays this week, I guess we'll be looking to get five. Um, and they should, that, by cool. the way, the Eagles should add five, but Contavia Street was offside, lined up oh, offside yeah, when, yeah, and Mario talk about Goodrich a useless offside, yeah. Uh, and really, you know, uh, Jayla, excuse me, Darius Slay had a chance for a couple of interceptions. The, yeah. they, the Eagles could have had even more, they could have had a wild six, seven inter, uh, takeaway game, but they, they got four, which is still pretty darn good. Um, the Eagles have been very opportunistic on defense. So have the Bucks again. Both both teams did well by playing Minnesota. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, the, the Vikings have done a better job protecting the football. They've also played a couple of defenses that aren't exactly compelling. Minnesota, we just saw <laughs> last week, is not exactly Chicago, not exactly the eighty-five yeah. Bears. And speaking of the Bears, um, Oof. Oof. you know, I don't even know what to say about the Bears at this point. So <laughs> uh, that's a bit of a mystery, right I, there. I don't like you know. I'm sure Ryan Poles is a nice man, but I I would uh, and when I watch Jalen Carter play, and I say that team passed on him twice in essence because they could have taken him at number one overall. But I understand why they didn't take him at number one because of the off the field issues and all that stuff. But then they dropped down, and they could have had him again, Tommy, and they were still afraid. And all of a sudden, he he, he lands in the lap of the Eagles. And boy, he's been impressive. I, I, I'm concerned about the secondary as a whole. Not the corners, the outside corners, obviously, but the secondary as a whole. But this pass rush, and a lot of it is. By the way, Javon Hargrave is doing a tremendous job with San Francisco. If people saw him play last night, 
And the sure. Eagles got better. I'm I'm going to say it right now. The Eagles got better than Javon Hargrave. That's how good Jalen Carter is. He is a stud. There's absolutely no question. And the the pick looks right now looks like a phenomenal pick. And the Eagles are loaded up front. Teams are firing the ball out quickly, so we haven't seen a bunch of sacks. But you, know, Kirk Cousins, go back and rewatch that game. He got knocked to the ground hard quite a bit. That's, that's every game for poor Kirk. Yeah, but that's yeah, Kirk. Even worse. <laughs> yeah, even worse. Yeah, he's and, a tough uh, guy, man. I will so, give him that. Oh, absolutely. I'll listen. I'll never question his toughness. There's no question about that. Um, yeah, the Eagles. The Eagles are punishing quarterbacks right now, even though they don't have a great sack total. They're getting some big shots on guys, and uh, it's fun to watch. And, and the best part about it is, aside from uh, BG and, and Fletcher Cox, these are young guys, you know. Yeah. And this this front front seven is going to be good for a while because you're going to see guys like Nolan Smith start to get better. Carter's going to get better. We've already seen Davis get better from last year. Uh, you got backups like Tui. You know, he's going to get better. Milton Williams is playing good football. So there's a lot of bodies up there, and the Eagles – this front seven didn't go anywhere for, for a while. And it's not just one dude. It's a group that they've built. And uh, that's what gives you real hope. This could become a, a really good defense in the next few years. And then Tommy, there is linebacker where they're using a guy who they picked up off the street at all off season to sign. Couldn't find himself a job till into preseason and Eagles bring him in from camp. And he's going to start his third consecutive game. Then they have a linebacker that they thought so highly of. They released him in preseason. Cut him. No guaranteed money. See you later. Bye, Nicholas Morrow. And then when need be, luckily, he's still out there on the street. They re-sign him. They throw him into the starting lineup, and they give him the green dot on his helmet. It's not exactly the same. The Eagles linebacker position isn't exactly the Eagles defensive line, as you just ran down. Good, deep, young. Eagles linebacker positions, journeyman questionable. I got no idea what they're going to do for him this week. How uh, questionable should we be for the Eagle linebacker position right now? Well, I actually thought Zach Cunningham played pretty well against the Vikings. Uh, he was a good run defender. So let me ask you a question. No, Tommy, yeah, for sure. Like it's, 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 Go ahead. Um, John just said, Shame on the Chicago Bears. How could they pass on uh, the best player in the draft? Not once, but twice. Should the rest of the league be saying that about Zach Cunningham? Shame on the How did no one sign Jack uh, Zach yeah, Cunningham not, until July? Oh, my God. How did he last that long? Yeah. Come on. He's well, Zach no, Cunningham. No, we're not going to make him out to be something he's not. But I, but it, 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 the Eagles asked him to come in, be a good tackler, be a good run defender. He did. Um in the past game, if the ball's thrown in front of him, like there was a play that they threw a running back uh, to a running back in the flat, Zach's four or five yards off him, close to the ball, tackled him very quickly. He's good in those situations where he got exposed, and we saw that more in the season opener than last week. When you have him against the tight end in space, it's it, it's yeah. over. The tight end is going to win. And right now, that's a that's a weakness for the Eagles because Nick Morrow is not much better in that situation. And so teams that have the quarterback focuses on the tight end, gets good protection on the tight ends, able to, to make a couple of moves. He's going to get open. And then it's a, a, a case of, can you limit the, the gain that the tight end gets? So uh, while Zach Cunningham, like say, I, I think he's played well to a certain extent, there's still a big hole in this game. And, and there's no question the Eagles, when you build your roster, 
you have to choose somewhere to be a weak spot. Obviously, they've chosen to put their fewest resources into linebacker. By the way, I I, I want to give Sean Desai credit for that. Uh, you mentioned Tommy; he didn't he didn't put Zach Cunningham near T.J. Hawkinson, and that was after Week One, where they struggled with Hunter Henry. I think that's a positive. We talked about a positive for Brian Johnson. I think that was a positive for um, Sean Desai. But I asked Damo this early. We had Paul Domowich on. I'm going to ask you because I need somebody to make this make sense. Why is everybody obsessed with moving James Bradbury in the slot? I it, This is an all-pro outside cornerback. I, I, I can't move an all-pro outside cornerback in the slot because, oh, he's my best slot guy because Avante got hurt and Zach McPherson got hurt. You're weakening two positions. Make it make sense to me, Tommy. So apparently Tampa Bay in the, in the past has always played Mike Evans outside. This year yeah. they've started to mix him into the slot some. Well, the Mike Evans is a big dude, right? Six yeah. foot five. If you put him against a traditional slot corner, five foot ten, he's going to have a huge size advantage. If you're going against Mike Evans out of the slot, then putting James Bradbury in there, does make sense because you've all of a sudden got a six, two corner with long arms to cover a guy who's six foot five. So the, yeah, and I'm fine from a limited standpoint. And, and, right. and last week, I think you might have seen him against Hawkinson. If he didn't have the concussion, I'm fine with that. I'm talking, you know, when Kelsey comes in here later, glorified, you know, flex receiver. Yeah. Okay. But full time, like he's playing Abate Maddox level of snaps in the slot. Yeah. The only reason you do that is if you feel that strongly about getting Josh Job onto the field at outside corner, because you're, you're, you're saying to yourself with, with Avante Maddox out, we don't like our backups in, in the slot very much. Let's move Bradbury in there. And we do like our backups on the outside better. So that that's why you would do that. Um, Mario Goodrich obviously struggled in the, in the, in Thursday night's game. Uh, hopefully he'll be in a better situation this week, knowing he's going to play, being able to really prepare and get ready. Plus he's had, got some snaps under his belt. He's, he's seen what it's like to be on the field in, in a real game. So we'll see if he's able to learn from that, but yeah, there may be something they like about it that they just haven't talked about uh, because you know how secretive Nick Sirianni loves to be. Yes, he yes, doesn't I want do. anybody to know yes, anything, right? Yeah. Uh, so w- once the cat's out of the bag, Sirianni or Desai may open up a little bit and say, here's what we're thinking. Here's what we're doing. But for now it's, it really is a projection to say that, uh, if they want him in there, it's gotta be for reason. It might be for the, the size matchup against Evans or guys like you're saying, Kelsey bigger, like tight ends that they want him to cover, or it, it could just be a matter that they feel that strongly about Josh Joe on the outside. And, you know, he did some good things last week, so I can see where they like him, but. He also did give up a long touchdown. All right, Tommy, I got a hypothetical question for it. And most people hate my hypothetical questions, including everybody here on the stream. Always kills me for my (laughs) hypothetical question. Uh, But sorry, I got to ask it. If Jake Elliott misses a 45-yard field goal, a.k.a. a very makeable one for Jake in this game against Tampa, who's going to get the blame? Jake, the new holder? Howie Roseman for bringing in a new holder, a.k.a. a new punter. Where will the Eagle fan angst go if Jake Elliott makes misses a makeable field goal this week? 
I know I'm going to put it all on Jody Mack for bringing it up ahead of time. What yeah. a jerk. Yeah. I find everybody hates me. Hey, join the oh. club. Uh, and they'll, they'll crush I mean, me what, here on the talk screen. About, you might as well talk be about bad karma. Tommy. What's up with you, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not here to serve karma. I'm Listen, here to, uh, by the way, somebody said somebody said we're talking about holders. They have a uh, we've been talking about holders all stinking week. Where you been? Uh, yeah, holding uh, is a bigger thing than people realize, Tommy, because these kickers can be sensitive creatures. Uh, and when something is is turned a different way, I bring it up in the preseason. Jake missed one kick. And I told Jody, Ty Zetner was the holder. <clears throat> and by the way, I looked at it backwards and forwards. It was a solid hold. He missed the kick. Um, so 46-yarder. Why'd he miss the kick? He probably wasn't comfortable. He's used to Sipos. Got a different guy. All of a sudden, eh, it might be an issue. But it's only an issue well if you miss one. Right, Michael Clay did mention that uh, that Braden Man and and uh, Jake Elliott work out some in the off season together, so they have a chemistry where they've kicked together, where where Man has done some holding for him. Now, obviously, that's just going to some high school field or some park and kicking the ball a little bit. That's not the same thing as an NFL game with NFL guys rushing and the pressure of the situation. But still, there is there is something to be said for the fact that they do have a little bit of a chemistry. And so there will be somewhat of a comfort level there. So I'm not overly concerned, but it's something to watch. Yeah. By the way, I met Braden yesterday. I was shocked. He's a small guy. He's like Jake. He's like the punting version of Jake. You see these punters like Aaron Sipos is this big strapping big dude. dude. Yeah, big dude. He's really small. I was I was surprised. Uh, but anyway, um, it's a nice kid. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be an issue. But this is Philadelphia. If he misses one kick, he's been the best kicker in the <laughs> NFL, not named Justin Tucker. And if he starts missing a kick right. here and there, oh, it's going to come up. Jody's right from that standpoint. Oh, yeah. But I'll be maligned. Absolutely. On the, uh, you're on the stream because I brought up holding. Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll see if it becomes an issue or not. And oh, by the way, you know whose punter I like? The giant punter kicked the snot out of the ball last night in Thursday night football. Uh, the 49ers defense kept the Giants punting altogether too often, but every time he had a kick, I thought he's not Jamie Gillen or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. he just blocked a punt, uh, from his, uh, yeah, last year. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I go with punt. He boots the snot out of it. Uh, the uh, there's a there's a website uh, called Puntalytics, and I to me they're the gospel because they're the only ones paying attention to punters, and they say the best <laughs> punters are AJ Cole from uh, Las Vegas, Tommy Townsend, who was an All Pro. That makes sense. Kansas City. Johnny Hecker's been great forever. Uh, and Jake Camarada, who's Tampa Bay's punter, uh, and, and J.C. Allen mentioned him yesterday. Too much punting talk, but I will say this. Was, is this just for the first two weeks? First two weeks. It's, yeah. Uh, Sipos was 29th, and Ty Zetner was 32nd, who's punting for Cam Johnson, uh, who's injured in Houston. So that's who the Eagles had in camp 
And now they're trying to get better with Braden Man. So that's good punting knowledge for you, Tommy. You didn't think you'd get that, did you? I did not. <laughs> Let's hope the Eagles see a lot of Tampa's punter on Monday night. That would be fantastic. Yeah. I hope he has well, another he's... good game for Tampa. Yeah, he's a good punter, evidently. Well, um, I just so... hope he's punting from the five-yard line consistently. Tommy, <laughs> is this the week we see? Um, I'll say the Eagles' best defensive player last year. She was one best defensive player in the league. Got votes for a defensive player of the year. Hassan Reddick. Uh, playing with the club on his hand has not been as effective. Only he knows for sure how much is it, is it affecting his play. We know the results haven't shown up. The stats haven't shown up yet. Um, how long does this type of injury usually take? Is this the breakout week for Hassan Reddick? Because the Eagles need their uh, pot stirrer getting it going on the defensive line because they're getting great pressure in the middle, but it's not paying dividends on the edge. Is this the week that Hassan breaks through? Sure, why not? Let's go with that. He's, he's going to be facing a right tackle. It's a young guy, uh, doesn't have a ton of experience. So uh, the matchup's there. And Reddick has faced a lot of – he's got the attention of the offenses so far. There have been chip blocks, yeah. double teams. People have really said, we're not going to let Reddick beat us. And after last Thursday night, they may switch and say, forget it. Let's let not let Josh Sweat beat us. You know, Sweat yeah. was fantastic. Well, that's what drives me crazy, Tommy. Like, Minnesota has a bad offensive line, but they have good tackles. But Darisaw didn't play. So Josh Sweat got to play against uh, Udo, who was a disaster. Um, and Josh really took advantage of it. Uh, Reddick had to play against maybe the best right tackle in football, not named Lane Johnson. Really good player, uh, Brian O'Neill. This week, Josh has got to go against Tristan Wirfs because they moved him over and he's right. evidently playing well. So he's got a tough duty. And, and as you mentioned, Hassan's playing a young kid um, who just, you know, moved from guard to tackle this year. Um, so maybe, you know, he's got the lighter duty this week. So maybe it is rightful to expect a little bit more from him, a little bit less from, from Josh. You know, the opponents out there is what I'm trying to say as well. That's that's the beauty of the defense. If you have a, an offensive line, there's always going to be a weak spot on every offensive line. So the Eagles have guys on the left side, the right side, and the middle. So wherever the weak spot is, they can beat that weak spot, get to the quarterback, pressure the quarterback, affect the quarterback. So last week is Josh Sweat. Let's hope this week it's Sisson Reddick. That'd be awesome. Now, Tommy, you last know, question. Trying to, to make a big play. <clears throat> I'm dying to get my last question in here. Um, I'm going to come up short of using the word fear because I fear that would get me crushed on the stream today. Uh, so instead, I'll use the word respect. What aspect of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do you respect most that the Eagles are going to have to have an answer for? And if they don't, then the game could be hanging in the balance in the 59th minute. Uh, I won't won't say Eagles fear anything about the Bucs, but what it, what should they be most respecting going into this game? The, the defense, because the defense is good against the run. We, we can see they're ranked second or third in the league, I think. Uh, and they've also got the ability to rush the passer, and they've got a solid back seven so they can cover and make plays in space. So there's not a lot of obvious weaknesses. Now, the Eagles have – some dynamic offensive pieces. They've got some smart coaches and they've had time to build up a good game plan. So I'm really curious to see 
how they choose to attack him. We know Tampa in 2021 was able to really shut down Jalen Hurts, but they yes. shut him down more as a runner, right? And Hurts should be a better passer at this point. So uh, they're going to look at, at see what Todd Bowles did in those 21 21 games. But if you remember, there were some Eagles receivers running open in those games, and Jalen just wasn't at that point as a passer. He was able to find those receivers and get him to football. He's a much better passer now. So it'll be interesting to see if Tampa plays the same kind of scheme and says, we dare you to beat us as a passer, or if they say, you know what, he's he's a better player now. Let's let him run. We, we think we can handle his running. So it's going to be an interesting chess match between Todd Bowles and the Eagles offensive staff and then how Jalen Hurts is able to, uh, to, to make plays. Um, All right, you I, went uh, right where I was taking you, Tommy. So well done at Lawler NFL. Uh, make sure you follow Tommy on X, Twitter, whatever you like to call it these <laughs> days. Uh, EaglesBlitz.com. Here are the numbers. They are not pretty from 2021-22 for Jalen Hurts. And in the regular season game, 12 of 26 for 115 yards. Touchdown interception, 55.8 passer rating. I think that might have been his worst um, regular season start, at least since he became the full-time starter. And then in the playoff game, 23 of 43, 258, and a lot of that was garbage. Tampa Bay was destroying them. One touchdown, two interceptions, 60 passer rating. Obviously, he's evolved. What was the passer rating from the game before? 60. Uh, no, the 55 previous point, 55.8. Hey, he's he's trending up, John. Went yeah. from 55 to 60. Yeah. Is it is it is it does Todd Bowles have his number? Because he, he came in with a really good game plan. It was basically uh you know pin him in and pen him in sort of as a runner. Um, and he's got the linebackers to do it because Devin White, Levante, David can both run. Um and then he was flushing him left, flushing him left, flushing him left. Now, Jalen spent a lot of time uh, last offseason trying to improve that part of his game, and he did. So is it going to be evolution versus Todd Bowles? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts. Uh, with his physical talent, his work ethic, and his drive, uh, to me, the guy that – there's no question in 2021, Todd Bowles won that matchup, and it wasn't even close. Uh this time around, I think Hertz is an evolved player. The Eagles have evolved as an offense that that Eagles offense didn't have AJ Brown on the field. Yeah. Um, so you know DeAndre Swift is a more dangerous runner than Miles Sanders. I think we all probably agree with that. So the the Eagles have a better core of players. They have a more more experienced quarterback and a coaching staff's also been together. This is year three for these guys. So I think they'll put together a good plan. Listen. The Eagles are not going to go score 38 points and have a wild game. Tampa Bay, I think, is too good defensively. But the Eagles should win this game, and Jalen Hurts should be able to make enough plays to lead his team to the victory. And uh, uh, I don't think we'll see a quarterback rating in the 60s. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go over on the 60. 55, 60, 65. I'll go over, over. 65. Go over. That's how confident <laughs> I am in jailing having a good game on Sunday. All right, Tommy. Want to give us a score on the game? You want to take a poke on a score? Eagles uh, against the Bucks. 27-17 Eagles. Yes. We're kind of like that. 
I'm going to be in that same neighborhood, I would think, on Monday. Uh, Tommy, we always appreciate it when you do hop in. That's Eagles, I-G-D-L-E-S, Blitz.com. Uh, puts up three or four posts a week, insightful, both before and after the game and leading up to it. Tommy, appreciate you jumping in here today. We'll get you back in a couple weeks, big guy. Great to talk to you, fellas. Thanks, Tommy. Our pleasure. Tommy Lawler, former Eagles beat guy, now doing it from afar, but he stays right on top of all the Eagles stuff that's coming down. Appreciate him jumping in here. All right, McMullen and McDonald, you know what we got to do? Come back. Put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Donald and McMullen, a.k.a. Mac and Mac, here with Young Birds 365. Uh, no Eagles this Sunday. We'll be back here Monday before the Eagles play. They're not playing the Buccaneers till Monday night, but the good news is 7-15, early game for Johnny Mac 
did better, better than the late starting yeah, game. Not and early, I get but it. it's better. It's better. Yes. You talked about early Thursday games, uh, and neither you nor I are a fan, a huge fan of Thursday games. Um, the Thursday game, even streaming, doesn't bother me as much. And And maybe I'm just being stupid about this. As two Monday night games. Sunday, you got games on top of games on top of games on top of games. So you're missing games all the time because that's the way the National Football League is run forever. That's what we've gotten used to. Yeah. But it bothers me a ton on Monday night that they got two the games going. The staggered game. The staggered start. The staggered game is stupid. At least yeah. uh, when ESPN did it for just the – they used to do it first Monday of the Why, week. They used to have two year. games back-to-back, though, yeah. Right, but they started, yeah, at 7, and the other one started at 10. So yeah. you had the first game almost all over before the second game was just getting underway. That is only an hour difference. So the two games are overlapping. I'm going to miss whatever hell other game is on. I don't even know what no, it is off the top of my head. When the Eagles are on at 7.15, I get it. ABC slash Disney slash ESPN wrote a massive check. They got yeah, one of the. That's what Super it all Bowls comes down out. to. It's it's yeah. It's but they you know I was I I say it all the time, Jody. Everybody does these all these sports business sites, sports uh, business journal, and everybody else who competes with them. They always do these lists of um, most powerful people in sports, and I always chuckle because they have no freaking idea. The most powerful people in sports are the TV executive, the guys running these TV aspects of the sports, writing those checks. They are the most powerful people in sports, and it's not hyperbole. They are. They get what they want. And, you know, Black Friday football, bang, you got Black Friday football. If the check's big enough, you get you get what you want, and that's – the way it's always going to be by the way it was a productive i'll leave it on this it was a productive thursday you never like people to get hurt but for the eagles obviously the trayvon Diggs injury that is huge impactfully on on the cowboys and the giants just stink the giants are a bad football team I, i i gotta give i just saw i gotta give our buddy jeff kerr credit uh mr stat himself the 49ers had more yards after the catch than the Giants had in total offense last night. More yards after the catch than the Giants had in total offense. No, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not here to sing the giant praises, but the 49ers kind of do that to everybody. It, it isn't like, oh my God, uh, Debo never nah, gets yards man. after catch. He gets them all the time. It's no, like they do. But they had a lot more than they usually do. I mean, yards have more, more than usual. Yes, yes, I, I they get deny that. They get. You're right. On a daily basis, on a weekly basis, they get more yards after catch than just about anybody, anybody. in the National Football. Yeah, they they got to be number one in the NFL. Yeah, but two fifteen is what they had, and that's a big number. But if you don't have two hundred fifteen yards of total offense in any NFL game. Right, that, that's ice. the bigger issue. The Giants yeah. did diddly squat on offense. You take Saquon Barkley out of that offense, all of a sudden it grinds to a halt. Yeah, what happened to Danny Dimes being a running quarterback? What did he go for last night? Two yards? Uh, they he, he they made a bad decision. They overreacted. I always say the toughest thing in the NFL is to be honest with yourself. They overreacted. They overachieved. 
and they went down a bad road by signing him to a big deal. Now, you can get out of it. We've seen it here with Carson Wentz. Yeah, they didn't get out of it. They didn't go as multiple years as Jalen Hurts, Burrow, Herbert, all those things. But they set themselves back a year or two by doing that. I firmly believe that. And now they have to make the right decisions moving forward. Then it's not easy. Yeah. Not easy. We're we're getting way the hell of ahead of ourselves, and we got a whole bunch of Eagle games to go, including one on Monday night. But that will be a great question come next April. Did the Giants draft a quarterback in the first round? I would. I don't. I would. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be very good. This is going to be a good quarterback draft. Giants are probably going to be below five hundred, so they'll be in that top ten range near. I know. I'm, we're, we're sitting here in September, I mean, yeah. and we're debating next April what the hell's going to happen. But always depends on who you like and if you like the prospect. Like, look, if they're in a position to get Caleb Williams, everybody's taking him. Um, you know, so it always depends on you know, are you in a position to get Drake May, whomever? You know, do you like that prospect? But yeah, they got to be open to avenues already about they made a mistake and they got to be honest with themselves. Will they be? I don't think so. That's why I think they'll set they set themselves back at least a couple of years. Well, then you might have to skim back a little of your praise for Joe Shane because he's the one who decided to do it. They brought yeah. in a new yeah. general manager and uh, well, first it's better than Ryan Poles and Wesse Adofa Mensa. That's true. Uh, yeah. Compare him to being bigger than the smallest midget in the circus. That's yeah. what you want to hear if you're Joe Shane. Yeah. All right. Uh, Heath McMahon, I'm McDonald. Uh, you still are determining whether you will or won't be traveling come Monday or whatever. So you can't commit to being here with me on Monday, can you? I cannot commit to it, uh, right. but I plan on being here. Um, hopefully I'll either know or I'll be in Tampa. So if I'm in Tampa, I'll do it from the hotel room with uh, crappy Wi-Fi. And uh, we'll see if we can get it done. If not, I'll do it from here with good Wi-Fi, and we will get it done. Be here on Monday to find out what Wi-Fi John McMullen's using here on Birds 365. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.